the more love and forgiveness I could offer myself, the quicker I got where I wanted to go. That was so counterintuitive to me. Yeah. But it was such a game changer to realize that instead of meeting the disappointment with more <laughs> disappointment, mm-hmm. I could just love and accept. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Newman, who is here to help you love your body just as it is, and also acknowledge that sometimes there are things we need or want to change about our bodies, and we can do that. But we will not be successful until we first love our bodies. She is going to give us some powerful tips and tricks on how to do that. And I think that Michelle brings such a great perspective into the body positivity field because it's just tangible and feels real in a different way than what you've been taught before. So I'm so happy to introduce you to Michelle Newman today. You guys, today, one of my favorite people is here with me. It is Michelle Newman, and she has come up to some of my retreats to work with women there. And I just felt like we needed to get some of her knowledge and awesomeness out into the broader world with more of my audience. So Michelle, thank you for being here today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Heck yeah. Michelle helps us love our bodies as they are while also supporting us if we want to change some things. So I love hearing your story of your journey in this. And so we'll start there today. Yeah, for sure. So I come from the background of personal training. So I worked at a gym for a very long time and trained lots of clients. This was before I ever had children. I grew up with two parents that always took care of their bodies. And it was never based on the account of changing the way that they looked. Like I never caught them flexing in the mirror or taking pictures of their abs. They were just the people that made a habit out of caring for their bodies, which I really appreciate the older I get. But as I worked at a gym, the longer I got there, the more body obsessed that I came. And I started to believe the most important thing about myself was the way that my body looked and the size Mm. that I was, the body fat percentage that I had, all of those things. Because a lot of people that go, we can just say how it is, right? A lot of people that go to the gym believe that the most important thing about them is their body and the way that it looks. And so I kind of got in that space. I got pregnant with our daughter. After I had her, I believed that my worth was in the toilet because my body looked different than it did prior to having kids. And I thought all I had to do was just lose 10 pounds. And I lost the 10 pounds. And I actually ended up hating my body more than I did prior to the 10 pounds. Because I didn't realize getting up and looking in the mirror every day and picking apart my flaws wasn't the path that was going to get me to body love. Like I didn't see as an outside peripheral that when I stood in front of the mirror and I looked at all of the things that I hated, that all I was doing was reinforcing the habit of looking for my flaws 
And it was like kind of a protective mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. And so I spent a good first year and a half postpartum with a large amount of my brain space taken up in how my body looked. And eventually I remember looking at my daughter and realizing that I couldn't spend the rest of her life or mine so focused on appearance. And I remember at one point thinking of some of the people in my life, like I always specifically think of my mom's sister, my Aunt Ruthann, and she was just one of those people that made you feel incredible about yourself. She left the biggest impact on me. And as a little girl, like I still can recall the way that she made me feel. And I remember looking back on that like a year and a half postpartum and thinking, dang, like this impact that my aunt had on me had absolutely nothing to do with the way that her body looked like her body size was not contingent on me loving her. And it didn't affect how much love I felt from her. Mm. And so I realized something had to change. And clearly, even though I could change the way that I looked, it didn't mean that I could change the way I felt about myself. So that's when I really dove in. And there was a stretch there where I was like, oh, it's all about exercise. And then I was like, well, some people don't get results. So let's dive into nutrition. And I learned so much during that. But eventually I got to a place where I was like, you know, what is most important is how a person feels about themselves. Like we can talk about diet, but can we talk about a person's diet of the thoughts inside their head towards themselves and the feelings that they have about their own identity and what they believe that they're capable of doing or not doing. And so that's what I really dove into body image because we all know women are spent are sent hundreds of messages a day of the ideal body type. And that doesn't mean that it's spelled out for you of like, you must have this size of boobs. And if your waist isn't small, it's purely just what we see on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of body diversity. There's not a lot of variance there. So we get a very clear message as women as to what our bodies are supposed to look like. And the reality is we are seeing not even 1% of women and reality and the age of internet. So my mission, I feel like to where I am now is I want women to know their value regardless of their body size. Our bodies are meant to evolve through life. But I think when we can see our worth and see that we are more than just whatever size our body is, then we're actually able to take better care of our bodies, mm-hmm. right? It's like so often women will repeat things in their head, whether they realize it or not of like, I am lazy. I don't have what it takes. How have I gotten to this point? And when we get in those cycles of thinking, it leads us to take worse care of ourselves and have self-sabotaging behaviors. Whereas if we're able to see our worth as a human beyond just our body size, then we are able to care for ourselves on a different level. So I hope that answered your question, but that's, that's where I got to where I am now of caring about how women view their bodies and how they can really learn to love who they are. I love that. I love that. And I love, I love it when you share about your aunt and the, you know, I think about like my grandma 
And there's nobody I loved hugging more because I felt safe in her arms. And part of that was because she was a bigger lady. Like she had all of this warmth and greatness to cuddle into. And I just loved that about her. And so I think that that's such a powerful thing for us to remember as we navigate this. And also, I think it hits home more when we have a daughter and thinking, and I know this goes for sons too, and we have to address it with them too. But It's definitely thrown more in girls' faces. And I remember when I had Penny of thinking, I want her to love her body. Like there, I don't want her to to beat herself up about it and whatever. And making that decision when she was just this tiny little thing in my arms that I would never talk about my weight in front of her. Like it would never. And I just don't talk about my weight anymore because of that. Like it's just not... I think, I mean, occasionally I was just telling you that I do, I am the biggest I've ever been. And the only reason I know that is because my clothes don't fit anymore. Right, right. (laughs) Feeling that discomfort. Okay. So how do we start making that shift of like looking in the mirror and criticizing to seeing the good? Because this is something I practice and I would love to hear your suggestions on that. Yeah, definitely. So An exercise that I actually walk my clients through is it's called naked therapy. And you stand literally in front of the mirror naked. And it's great to do fresh out of the shower or right before you get in the shower. And it can be a really scary thing to think of seeing yourself in the mirror naked. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. It's so difficult to love something that you do not know. It's so hard for you to love something on a deep level when you don't even know it. And so often we'll like notice things and be like, oh crap, I have stretch marks there now. I've never had that before. And then we run and hide. We're like, cover it up. I never want to look at that again. And the first time that you stand in front of the mirror, the thoughts are going to come. You're you're going to get discouraged. You're going to have lots of disappointment. You're going to feel hurt. And eventually... You're going to get to a point where your brain slows down and you stop and you're able to see yourself for who you are. And the thing I think is so beautiful about this exercise is that your body tells your story. Mm -hmm. Like looking at my knees and seeing like the scars that I have from rollerblading, like seeing the stretch marks on my butt from puberty, Mm -hmm. like those are so powerful. But I think, and you talk about this too, it's learning to not be afraid of your own story and to see the good in it. Even though it's not what we would have chosen, I never would have been like, hey, I'll take, could I get the horizontal stretch marks on my butt? I'll take those. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Right? We would never pick those. But as, as I'm like, in my 30s now, I'm like, man, that sixth grade Michelle, she's the freaking bomb. Like Mm -hmm. she grew so much. She has freaking stretch marks on her butt. And the perfect body does not tell your story. Your body tells your story. So I feel like coming to terms with your body can help you fall in love with your story. And I also like, if it's really uncomfortable for you to stand in front of the mirror and look, then just take your time when you're putting lotion on your body, getting out of the shower. Mm. Like that will really help you get to know your body on a different level. You, you have to get to know your body. You have to see where you're in pain. Like, what is your body trying to tell you? You know, 
But don't be afraid. The first thing, like on a biblical level, the first thing that we were told was to run and hide. And Mm. we weren't told that from God. Mm -mm. We weren't. And so we don't have to hide. Like our bodies are the most beautiful gift given. And that has nothing to do with where its scars and stretches and body fat is. Right. I think it's so beautiful. Like you mentioned, your clothes aren't fitting. I think just like every body we've ever had, our bodies expand and adapt to the needs placed upon it. Mm -hmm. And although you are in this bigger body right now, it's a phase. Yeah, it's a phase and it's not forever. And it is a beautiful thing for our bodies to change with us throughout life. Like how freaking cool is that? And even getting through stressful situations to look back on that and think, wow, my body carried me. My body was with me through that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I have in the last little bit started taking care of my body in different ways and thanking it for carrying me through everything it did because it's carried me through so much emotionally and it took the brunt of that, I feel like. <laughs> and it, I mean, where else is it going to go? This is me and my feelings. It's got to, it's here. <laughs> it's um, and so I think that's such a gift. So, and along with that too, like the whole exercise of standing in front of the mirror, I, we have a mirror in our workout room and I am almost always in front of it, not to like watch my form, but I'm usually like sideways and I'll look over <laughs> doing squats. And I, I usually work out in just my bra and shorts when I'm home by myself. And again, things are tight right now. So there's roles and there's things that, and it's great. But I always have to like, think about that. Okay. I see this. And there's part of me that wants to be like, "Mm, that shouldn't be there. And I'm always like, but why not? Why shouldn't this role be here? It's there because first of all, my shorts are too small. My bra is too small. (laughs) Secondly, and then also like, that's not an issue with me. That's an issue with the fact I haven't bought new clothes. Um, and also like, look at what it's still doing and capable of and carrying me through every day and allowing me to help my family and support all these people around me. So I love that that's the exercise you start with and that there's so much power in just looking at our bodies naked and getting to know them. Yeah. I teach this, um, in my one-on-one coaching, but usually what our brains do is they'll tell us two truths and a lie. Mm. So there'll be deal. Let's take the example of you exercising in front of the mirror where you'll go. I have extra rolls. These shorts are too tight. So those are the two truths. And then your and then your brain comes up with the lie of like, yeah, I am. I don't have blank. I yeah. am fat. I, I am shouldn't blank. look this I way. Don't, I don't have willpower. I shouldn't look this way. And usually it's looking at, so you've got all these thoughts going on in your brain. Sometimes you just have to stick, take a step back and be like, ah, yes, my brain does that. It wants to correlate everything. It wants to correlate everything that's going on. And a lot of things just can't be correlated and they just Mm -hmm. are. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. I think uh, sixth grade Jessica got the stretch marks on my boobs. (laughs) (laughs) That's where mine went. Where's where your butt? Mine where my boobs. I love it. <laughs> and here's the thing, like to that point, like I'm glad you brought up the example of exercising in front of the mirror is we're bombarded. It used to just be magazines before, but most of the fitness people you see online now 
have extremely lean bodies. Mm -hmm. And so our brains start to think, wow, fit people look like X. This is what fit people look like. There's not a lot of diversity. There's not a lot of women that carry around an extra 40 pounds that are showing you their exercise routine. Mm -hmm. But that's reality. Those women that you're seeing on Instagram are just the tiniest percentage of the women that are actually showing up every day, you know? So don't, don't switch that Instagram for reality because it's not reality. 99.9% of women have rolls on their stomach as they're doing squats, right? And that's just reality. <laughs> and it's not yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. And when you do those push-ups and your belly's like hanging down farther yes. than your boobs, like that's just real. It's just mm -hmm. part of our bodies changing and what happens. It is. Yeah. Although there's like those two people that you follow on Instagram and their stomach's flat when they do that. So you think that's Ugh. how you're supposed to look. <laughs> those girls, man. <laughs> and you know, what's interesting to me. We put a pool in our backyard four years ago, something like that. And I, so I have a lot of people over in their swimsuits, which is like a very vulnerable place for many of us. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because 80%, 90% of the women at some point will bring up a comment about their bodies. It's just part of, and I just kind of wait for it to happen. The people who are the hardest on their bodies when they're sitting poolside in their swimsuits are the women who are super fit. And I am like, and I know the other women have similar thoughts and all of these things, but these are the women that are vocally berating themselves constantly. And so I, I think like we think, oh, they've got to figure it out or, oh, they love their body. And a majority of them don't like they're still in the same thick of it as we are, is learning to sh make this shift. Um, most of them are in the punishment side of the body instead of the loving side. And that's kind of where you come in is making that bridge to like, let's not punish our bodies. Let's do things because we love them. Let's show up for our body because we love it. Yeah, definitely. I think our brains automatically want to show up and punish ourselves after we punish. So when it's like, oh, why do I look like this? So you've got this punch coming in from the left side and our brains are like, okay, I've got to meet that punishment with more punishment. So I've beat myself down here. Why do you look like this? Well, you need to do this and this and this. You've got to exercise super hard. You've got to cut out X, Y, and Z. And we think that that is what's going to bridge us. And it's not. And that's what keeps so many women stuck is mm. that they don't realize that they have to meet that, that inner voice that is beating them up with love and acceptance, which I... Even just talking about it, I remember the feelings at the beginning of, I knew what I had to do was love and accept, but it felt so counterintuitive. I was like, this is wrong. I am giving up if I love and accept myself, you know, because mm -hmm. I was so used to being at war. I was like, being at war is the only way to go. That's the only way I'm going to get results. And accepting where I was, I was like, that means... I'm never going to work out again. And I'm never going to care about fueling my body in a way that makes me feel good. But little did I know, the more love and forgiveness I could offer myself, the quicker I got where I wanted to go. That was so counterintuitive to me. Yeah. But it was such a game changer to realize that instead of meeting the disappointment with more <laughs> disappointment, 
Mm-hmm. I could just love and accept. Yeah. And it's interesting since you brought up biblical stuff, I'm going to go back to something we read about too in scriptures is putting off like the natural man. And I think we often think that that is the instinct. Like we have to berate ourselves. We have to be mean to ourselves and all those things. And I'm like, that's the easy thing to do. That's what's natural, like easy. The hard thing is, is to show up in love for ourselves and to say, no, I'm okay to love myself as I am. I'm okay to love myself as I was created to be. And so I think when we make that shift, like you're saying, it's, it's, the game changer because then we love ourselves. And so we want yeah. to do some things that are nurturing to our bodies. And that doesn't mean you give up French fries. I love French fries, mm-hmm. but we understand, you know, more of how much or when it's appropriate or whatever. Like there's a healthy balance of this is showing myself love. At this point, it's not. <laughs> I'm eating them totally. every day, but it's not it's not serving me. I feel worse instead of better. And so I think that that's the power of what you teach. Yeah. I think a lot of us have a skewed relationship with the word love because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways people have seen like, just love yourself. And we're like, Oh, is that what it looks like? Cause if it is, I'm not really interested in that. But to your point, I think a lot of times loving yourself looks like saying no to yourself. So showing yourself love is not the same as Mm self-indulging, you know, and setting proper boundaries. Like nobody knows your life, your circumstances, what's going on as well as you do. So it's up to you. But I know the healthiest thing for me is to put my phone in my bathroom at night. Mm -hmm. So that's like a healthy boundary of me saying like, no, I will not put my phone next to my bed. Yeah, And that doesn't mean like, I love myself, therefore, I am able to do whatever. It's like, I love myself. And I want to care for myself. So how can I set myself up for success? Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, I think to that point, it's allowing yourself to have the French fries, but also allowing yourself to fuel your body so that you feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because to me, like the phone thing is a good example of boundaries with ourselves and people like often get scared of boundaries or think that they mean we're high maintenance or that we're, um, I don't know, we put all sorts of things that they mean. And I'm like, no boundaries are so that we have a relationship with a healthy relationship with ourselves and others. And we need them with ourselves. We need to understand like, what are the healthy boundaries for me? And sometimes, yes, I break those boundaries because I just need a day of indulgence or whatever, but that doesn't mean I'm not capable of coming back to the, to the healthy boundaries. Yeah. It's where you spend the majority of your time. I always use the example of like tortilla chips. Like my boundary is not buying them because when I do buy them, I usually not always, but usually I eat a lot of them, but here's the problem is I don't really love them that much. They're just Mm. for me to eat a lot of, and then I'm usually left feeling sick after. So it's just something that I'm like, this is a healthy boundary for me. This isn't a food that really works well with my body. And it's not something that brings me a lot of satisfaction. It was, if it was something that was like French fries are for you, then it would be something different. But I'm like, the return on investment for me is not worth it. And so I'm going to be wise while I'm doing my grocery shopping to set myself up for success. And this does in no way mean that you should not have foods that are enjoyable and that you should not have foods that you love. Like, I think that's really important, but 
what foods are you eating a lot of that you get little to no joy, satisfaction, or fuel out of, you know? But you're just eating them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I had to go through that phase of Oreos where I'm like, I cannot buy Oreos anymore because I can't stop. And now we have Oreos sitting in our cupboard and I never think about pulling them out, but it was just like for a time. For a phase. Yeah. Yeah. Like Oreos weren't a thing we could have in our house. I liked them. I enjoyed them, but were they really bringing me as much satisfaction? I'd rather go get a milkshake one night a week than eat right. Oreos every night. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Probably because you didn't feel like amazing, right? No. Huh? I didn't feel yeah. good about myself after I didn't feel good. Like it just wasn't a good, wasn't a healthy habit for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it might be good for you. Like somebody else might be like, but I can eat two Oreos and be done kudos to you eat the two Oreos like and I think we all have certain foods that it's like Mm -hmm. yes you can have a set amount of those and be fine and some of us just moderate with some things better and some of us are better to just abstain Mm -hmm. from things and I think that is okay and what is enticing to me is not going to be enticing to you and vice versa you know Yeah. It's like, it's okay. This is just so much of this is just the way that our brains were wired. Like I remember for a period of time, I was really struggling with binging until I dove into it and realized that because I was being so restrictive with my diet, that's what was causing me to binge. Mm. And to me, I was like believing all of these horrible things about myself that I was like, I have no willpower. I'm just not strict enough. Like believing all of these lies until I realized you know what, my body needs this food, and it's going to do whatever it has to to get it. And my body is far wiser. This is just basic human behavior. There's nothing wrong with me. I am not flawed, you know. And so we can let go of the shame and guilt that we have around eating and exercise, because it actually prevents us from taking better care of ourselves. So powerful. So good. Do you have one other tip for us to make this shift, like to shift, cross the bridge, make the shift into loving our bodies more or not beating ourselves up as much? What's one other solid tip you can give us? Yeah. Let me uh, explain quickly. So there's three ways that we relate to our bodies. There's first off how, how we see ourselves, how we look. The second is what we're able to do. And then the third is how we feel. So it's, what we, how we look, what we do and how we feel. And so often when a person's like a lot of times in the body world, it's like, well, look at what you can do. You can get up and you can walk and you can blah, blah, blah. But I take that. And I'm like, I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. like my neighbor down the road, that's four years older than me. And she has MS and she can't walk. So how she, how do I tell her like, well, just (laughs) look at what your body can do. She can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to take it to the how we feel, which mm-hmm. requires us to get quiet and to put our phone away, turn it on airplane mode and just feel like placing your hand on your heart will allow you to feel compassion towards yourself and just take a second for yourself. So much of us just wants to be seen, but nobody can see us like on the outer world, like our partner, our best friend. None of them can see us the way that we want to be seen besides ourselves. So we have to take just a moment and notice us. Mm. 
notice who we are. Notice the soul that is living within your body. Like it is just miraculous. It really is. And so I would encourage people to just take a moment, whether it's at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and just place your hand on your heart and just take a minute and notice your body. Not necessarily the way that it looks or what it did that day, but just notice how it feels. Like, Mm. what does it feel like to be in your body? You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would encourage people to do is take a moment for your body to be noticed, you know? Love that. Yeah. Love it. Okay. If you guys, I, this is something I, I was like, I didn't even bring this up before, but if you need more of Michelle, which I firmly do believe we all do. And I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if you're breathing, do you have your breathing stuff on your podcast? I don't, but I'll put it on there. My Someday. Yes. Yeah. Or just like, cause I think that's powerful and how we connect yeah. back to our bodies. But Michelle mm-hmm. has an amazing podcast called the good body podcast. Nice. That's correct. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever I say people's podcast names, it. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I read it every day, but did I say it right? Um, and what I love about Michelle's podcast is, and I'm talking to listeners here. I love how I stop talking to you, but <laughs> is that it breaks it down in little snippets. So she has some shorter episodes and some longer episodes and it makes it so digestible that we can go in and think, okay, this is one thing that's resonating with me that I can take action on. This is one thing I can do that can move the needle forward for me to love my body a little bit more and to see the good that's in it, to see how it feels, to connect with it in all the ways. So I highly recommend you going there if you are needing more of Michelle. And then Michelle, you also have something else for us today and an opt-in that people can go to that's such a gift. Tell us more about what you have. Yeah, definitely. So I recently in the past couple of months just went through a quick fat loss phase. And I know a lot of people will tilt their head when they're like, wait, wasn't she just talking about body love? But here's the thing is we have to separate our worth from our weight. And I think that it is okay to better ourselves and to refine our habits and to know that that does not change our worth. So I went through this phase, I think it was eight or nine weeks, and I just did a little blurb every week checking in and What's really interesting is I share my weight from every single day and you see the the natural fluctuations and the little things that I did to lose the weight. It was nothing extreme or sexy, but I think it just shows it plain and simple of we don't have to tie our worth to our weight. They are two very separate things. One will continue to change throughout our life and one is set. Mm. And and getting that clear vision of recognizing that they are separate is really powerful. So we can link it in the show notes and people can give it a listen and see it. Yes, it will be there. And I'll link um, Michelle's podcast as well. So you can go connect to that and go get that often. If you were like, I love my body, but also there are some little things like I was just telling her, my body has gotten bigger than it has been. And <laughs> I don't want to buy new clothes right now. I just got through buying new clothes for a bigger body. And I'm also like, okay, I don't want to buy anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do it again. And so it's okay to like, feel like, okay, I need to recognize that we need to make a shift. There are a couple mm-hmm. things maybe that, and small shifts can make a big difference, but also recognizing I love my body as it is as well. I love what it's done for me and what it continues to do. So 
Totally. Yeah. I think I like to use the um, relation of relationships. And mm-hmm. we look at like our marriages or our parenting relationships. And we're like, there's a lot of things that are going really well. But there are some things that we could definitely do better, like our fighting styles or like me ignoring this behavior, X, Y, and Z, those can be changed. And I think the same goes for our body. Mm. Just because there are things that we can change about our body doesn't mean that we dismiss all of the good. There's always going to be things that we can improve on, you know? Yeah. And I think too, in that it's important to recognize that there was nothing wrong with what you were doing before or bad or anything. It's just that when you are ready for something different Mm -hmm. that feels good, like you're ready for a shift, you're ready to maybe level up just a little bit, that's the right time. And that's beautiful. And it doesn't mean anything was good or bad before. It just means you're ready to shift a little bit and to embrace that next level of, oh, I'm going to communicate better with my husband or, oh, I'm going to, whatever it is on the other end of things that we see those shifts that we need, hopefully without beating ourselves up too much. This is that same idea. No, I love that you brought that up. I feel like every person knows when they have the inner call to like Mm -hmm. level up a little bit and even just a really small way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, at one point, leveling up was actually what it looked like to take a step back. And I think you have probably experienced this too in, (laughs) in what I know of your story is like, I love working out just because I like working out. It's never really been about making my body look different or anything like that. It has been about like challenging myself sometimes to see, okay, like how fast can I run this race? And for me, it always goes back to running, but, Uh but like it was that excitement and stuff. And I realized at some point I needed to give my body a break. Like it needed a break. And even though I've continued to work out, I've shifted how I work out or I've gone through phases where I don't work out for like three months. And then I'm like, okay, I need, I'm ready for that movement. And before I would have thought like a walk is not a workout. And now I'm like, give me all of the walks. I just want to walk. (laughs) And it just feels good to my body now. And so while people may have looked at like what I used to do and now what I do is a shift backwards to me, it's actually a a move forward of saying, no, this is what feels right for my body and my emotions and all of the things right now. So I think that that's powerful. Yes. We always think that better means more. Mm. Usually it doesn't. It means less. I'm so glad you brought that up. It does not have to equal more. Oftentimes scaling back gets us what we want more than because you, the scale is only going to go down so much. You can only cut back on food so much. You can only like do so much. And so in the end, better isn't always more. Love it. Okay. Thanks for being here, Michelle. Um, Thank you for letting me. Reminder, you guys can go find links to all the things in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Michelle. I think you will love her just as much as I do. She has been such a great friend to me. We have met just through our business things and have become instant close friends. And I'm so grateful for her in my life and for the message that she shares. And I hope that you felt some of that today, that you felt that connection back to your body, your connection back to somebody who's helping you to love your body. And I love that Michelle talks about the fact that just because we love our bodies and appreciate them doesn't mean that we might not want little things to change and that we can do those things to change. And in fact, she is offering you a free informational program about how to love your body while still maybe wanting to navigate some changes with our bodies. She has a free fat loss opt-in. I don't exactly know what it's called. (laughs) 
she hasn't told me the title, but it is in the show notes and you can pick it up there completely free. Such a wonderful offering that Michelle has given you. So I hope that you will go check that out. Also in the show notes, you can go find Michelle's Instagram handle so that you can connect with her there and continue to learn from all her awesomeness. Oh, and as well as her podcast, The Good Body Podcast. That will be linked down there as well. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you back here next week.